And just like that, we are at the first episode of season seven of the Trust Show podcast. I was interviewed on another podcast, and at some point we talked about trust, and the interviewer said something about uh, this is why you have an ex-wife or why you would have an ex-wife, and and I had to comment and tell him that I'm actually still married to my first ex-wife, uh, which means that I'm not divorced yet. But it made me think, and I checked, the statistics are believed to be about 50% of American, of U.S. marriages end in divorce. And and the place I got this from was an article in marriage.com. And anyone who get marriage.com, this was from September of 2021, anyone who gets marriage.com uh, probably is a um, an authority on marriage and divorce. And the article was titled, The 10 Most Common Reasons for Divorce. And I started looking at those reasons, and every one of them, to me, led to trust or more specifically distrust. So in this episode, I'm going to make the case that all the reasons that leads to divorce are due to distrust. And so the episode is not too long. I broke it into two parts. This is the first part. The second part will come next week. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? You know, one thing that I do uh, when I record a podcast is I record the introduction and then I listen to the introduction. And I just listened to the introduction to this episode to realize that I said that I'm still married to my first wife. I haven't divorced yet. Uh, And I wanted to make sure that you understand that I don't have any plans for divorce. My wife sometimes listens to uh, this episode. I want her to know that I'm not suggesting divorce. We're happily married. Uh, In fact, uh, this April, we're going to celebrate 30 years of marriage. In this episode, um, I I am reflecting on, for example, stories that I read from a friend of mine, uh, one of Israel's, Israel's leading divorce attorneys, Amy Boney who's married to uh, my childhood friend, and and we became friends uh, on our own. Uh, I quoted her in the Book of Trust, and uh, I get a lot of uh, content from her posts uh, on Facebook and other places, her articles, and now she has a podcast. I wish I could refer you to her podcast, but it's in Hebrew. Uh, The article that I talked about, uh, the article in marriage.com, this September 2021, from September 2021, that was titled 10 Most Common Reasons for Divorce, uh, quotes a study that was done by the Austin Institute for the Study of Family and Culture. And they use data from 4,000 divorced adults to collect what are those uh, top 10 reasons. Now, uh, 
I should start by saying that trust is continuous. This is the first law of trust. So uh, there is no such thing as I trust my wife, I don't trust my wife. It, there is the level or, or my wife trusts me or she doesn't trust me. There's really a certain level that's required in every type of relationship. And I'm going to say that the level of trust required in a marriage is higher than, uh, let's say, a one-time business relationship. There is a lot more at stake, and when there is more at stake, the trust has to be higher to compensate for the risk for all those things that are at stake. You need a higher level of trust to compensate so you will feel safe and not feel danger. Uh, there are children involved in many cases, um, and uh, the welfare of those children, the who gets uh, to stay with the children, that's at stake. Um, the finances... I mean, really, uh, everything that you own uh, is in this marriage. And so there is a lot to lose if uh, the marriage falls apart. Uh, you know, probably if you break finances of a couple in two different parts, but the two parts, the two uh, members of this former marriage have to live apart, then uh, there's the expenses are higher. There could be pets, not children, but pets that are at stake. Happiness. I mean, a big part of your life is spent in your family, in within your marriage, if, if you're married. And that's at stake. All of those things are at stake. And because of that, the level of trust required in a marriage is higher. Uh, it's higher and uh, maybe, uh, not maybe, this is the case I'm going to make, that because of that, a lot of the marriages fall apart due to distrust. So the level of distrust that uh, breaks a marriage could be lower than the level of distrust required to uh, break down a business relationship or a kind of a uh, not a very strong uh, friendship. So I'm going to make the case, and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to analyze the 10 reasons brought by this article in marriage.com as they quoted them, as they listed them, but I'm going to show you how each and every one of them is linked to one of the components, the either the eight laws of trust or the six components of the relative trust model. And reason number one quoted is infidelity or having an extramarital affair. The article or the research behind it claims that this was uh, quoted in 20 to 40 percent of the cases as the cause for divorce. And, and I'm not sure that this is, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that the list is really ranked in order. So I'm just going to look at them as 10 independent ones. So infidelity, that's one. The component, there are two components of uh, the relative trust model that I will correlate this to. The first one is obviously personality compatibility. And if you remember when I talked about personality compatibility, because trust is personal, and that's uh, trust law number three, there is a range of things from things that are absolute to things that are personal. And at the absolute level are lying and cheating. And when you have an extramarital affair, I mean, you, you don't have that with the consent of your spouse. I mean, you obviously go behind their back. Uh, and so there's lying, there's cheating, there is uh, misinformation, and uh, 
that's at an absolute level. When when somebody lies to you or cheats you, uh, you're not going to trust them. That That's absolute to everyone. But then there's the personal level. And at the personal level, this is where you really need compatibility, even if it's, you know, opposite and complementary uh, traits or, or characteristics. And when somebody has to go outside of the marriage to be with somebody else, I think that's an indication of uh, incompatibility, a personality incompatibility. You know, we used to be very compatible when, when we got married or before that, and we're not compatible anymore. The second component of the model is symmetry. Uh, when you are in the marriage and there is no extramarital affair or, or no infidelity, you're on the same side. And being on the same side is important for trustworthiness. When one of you is on the other side and actually on the same side with uh, somebody else, they're not on the same side with you anymore. And that's part of symmetry, and that leads to distrust. So infidelity, to me, is really the result of personality incompatibility. It's one of the components. And lack of symmetry. That's another component. The second quoted reason for divorce is financial trouble. In financial trouble, it was quoted that, that it's a 41% uh, quoted as the reason for, uh, for the divorce. Financial trouble that could be actually this kind of a, um, an outside force, a common enemy that I typically quote as a reason to strengthen trust. We trust each other more because we have this financial trouble on the other side. I'm going to claim that what they refer to as financial trouble is not something that affects both uh, partners in the marriage equally. So I'm going, going to tie financial trouble to actually three components of the uh, relative trust model. The first is personality compatibility. And I think that that's a strong one because we may have different spending habits. So wherever I'm frugal, my wife is not. Whenever she's frugal, I'm not. We have different spending habits. And one person looking at the other person saying, you know what, we are incompatible in our spending habits. And while I typically say that personality compatibility doesn't have to be that we're the same, we can simply be complementary, I would say that here we probably need to be the same. We have the same spending habits. My wife and I look at things very similarly, uh, at our spending habits very similarly, uh, and we're highly compatible in that area. Then comes the symmetry, and not just symmetry, but symmetry of contribution and getting. Uh, I, and, and in one of my kind of experiments, I should say, I found that there is a 7.2 times higher gap in contribution and getting when you have low trust than when you have high trust. In high trust, the gap between how much we contribute and how much we each get is much, much smaller. But when there is a big gap between what one person is contributing and what one person is taking out of the relationship financially, that's a lack of symmetry. 
that affects trust and specifically uh, increases distrust. Finally, and it's not necessarily a big factor, but competence. You know, maybe one person looks at the other one as less competent in their ability to generate income. And that's typically when the the gap between the, the income generated by one member versus the other, the other might actually not work. And, and it's kind of hard to look at, at one person as, uh, whether it's the, the husband or the wife, as uh, you're the person who takes care of the house and, and raises the kids, and uh, that's equal to what I do when I, I work and, and bring money in. But one member of the family, one one partner can look at the other one and say, you know, or feel that they're not competent either in generating income or managing money or even being smart in how you spend or even invest it. So when one one partner looks at the other one as being incompetent in those areas, they trust them less. Lack of communications in the article or the study that uh, the article was based on was cited as 65% cause for divorce. And I'm going to bring two components in one law of trust. So I'll start with the seventh law of trust. The trust is dynamic. Trust erodes between interactions. When we don't interact with one another, as a self-defense mechanism, we trust the other person a little less. Uh, this changes dramatically during an interaction. But what accelerates the building or even the killing of trust is the amount of time we spend together, the frequency of the time, and the level of intimacy that we have. And, you know, I'm not talking about intimacy right now. I'll get back to intimacy later. Uh, but I'm not talking about intimacy in terms of uh, sex or anything like that. Uh, I'm talking about intimacy in terms of uh, seeing each other, uh, being in the same place at the same time, seeing each other's uh, in face to face. And and so when we don't talk enough, the only thing that's left is uh, we have fewer interactions. The interactions are less impactful on creating trust. So all we got left with is what the seventh law of trust says, and that is that trust erodes between interactions. Number four was constant arguing. You know, if we argue constantly, that's uh, according to the research, it's 57.7% cause for divorce. And I'm going to touch here on one component and its two subcomponents, and that's positivity. If the interactions are unpleasant, constant arguing is unpleasant. Uh, if the interaction is unpleasant, and keep in mind that bad is much stronger than good, and, and I made the case for it in several different episodes, uh, an unpleasant interaction would have a much bigger impact on lowering the trust than a positive interaction would have on increasing trust. So, you know, in kind of a back-of-the-envelope, very, very uh, high level, I would say three times, okay? I'm kind of latching on to the critical positivity ratio of uh, 2.9013, which, you know, was argued later whether that's the right number or not. But let's just agree that bad is stronger than good. An unpleasant interaction would have a much bigger impact 
on trust, in lowering trust, than a positive interaction would have, a pleasant interaction would have on, on growing trust. But I want to touch on the two subcomponents of positivity. One of them is empathy, and I should say, or lack thereof. This is where we don't see the other side. Uh, we argue not because we agree with the other person. We argue because we disagree with them. And unfortunately, often this disagreement becomes emotional and uh, irrational. And uh, we take it very personal. And the most important part is that we don't see the other side. We don't see what they see. And, and uh, we only see what we see. And that's lack of empathy. And lack of empathy is one of the bigger components of positivity. One of the two really subcomponents. The other subcomponent is the level of BS in every interaction. And that is really how we argue. And so do we use a lot of confirmation bias? Do we use a lot of metaphors, a lot of symbols instead of actually saying the words? Um Confirmation bias obviously is bad because the other side might say, wait a minute, uh, you're only providing information or, or data sources that support uh, your position, but you don't really consider mine. So the constant arguing has the biggest impact on the positivity component of the relative trust uh, model uh, with both its subcomponents, both lack of empathy and a high level of BS. The fifth reason was listed as, listed as weight gain. There was no percentage of uh, how weight gain affected uh, the uh, divorce, or directly or indirectly. But the way they said it, uh, and this is a direct quote from the article, is that a significant amount of weight gain causes the other spouse to become less physically attracted to you. Now, this was a hard one for me uh, on, on how do I translate that, but, but as I started thinking about it, uh, what I found was that it does. You know, uh, one component uh, is symmetry. Uh, and the lack of symmetry is what causes distrust or lower reduces trust, and the lack of symmetry would actually happen when I think only one of us is gaining weight while the other one keeps uh, their weight. Um, so, you know, I, I hope my wife is not going to listen uh, to this episode or this part of the episode. I think one of the great things about our relationship is the symmetry of it. We both gain weight uh, since we got married. Um, and uh, by the way, that's that's a recipe to not... Um, or a reason to not have one of us be the accountability partner on the other person's uh, weight loss program, which is something that I advocate for in the book Weight uh, Worst Diet Ever, which was a book about uh, how do you form habits that would help you uh, lower, uh, lose weight. I'm using the same framework, by the way, to how do you uh, form habits that will uh, change behaviors and build trust. But that's besides the point. Uh, that's the trust habits uh, framework. But uh, that's the reason why one of us cannot be the accountability partner to the other. So symmetry plays a role here if only one of us gains weight while the other one does not. A second one is personality compatibility. And here's an interesting thing. Uh, 
you know, when I did my my uh, survey of what's the most important quality for you in other people, 363 responses, three of them, by the way, trustworthiness was the highest one with 61.2%. I just want to get this one out of the way. The most important quality in 61.2% of 363 responses was trustworthiness. But in fifth place, with 0.8%, three out of 363 uh, said good looks. Now, to tell you that I know for a fact that uh, the respondents were not being cynical, sarcastic, or just, you know, joking around, I don't know that because I don't know who the respondents are. It is anonymous. But I can still tell you that in that study, three out of 363 said that good looks is an important part uh, of uh, an important quality in another person. And that would play into the personality compatibility. Next one is uh, intimacy, the component of intimacy. And uh, intimacy, you increase intimacy and therefore you increase trust by correlating and seeing consistent consistency between uh, the words that the your partner or, or you use when you communicate and their body language. Well, their body language, whether you like it or not, is affected by how they look and how different they look from you. So it can play a small role in intimacy. And finally, if one of the the spouses, one, one member, one partner in this relationship um, keeps telling the other one, look, you know, this is what I see when I look at you and uh, the other one just ignores it. It's uh, when the other person ignores what you say and what you see. Uh, that's a problem. By the way, there's uh, the flip side. The other way to look at it is uh, if you keep telling me that, uh, you know, I look bad, uh, whether you're it gets to the level of body shaming or just, you know, it, it doesn't feel good to me. And maybe I can't do anything about it. Maybe I'm not motivated to do something about it. It's not a good feeling that the other person is keeps telling you, you know, you need to look better and you need to look better. And it certainly does not promote trust. I'm going to stop now. We're at the uh, 22 minute mark and uh, I'll continue with the other five uh, components or the other five reasons why people get divorced in next week's episode. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.